Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser and Robert. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Nasser and Yusuf. Fantastic to have you here again, Rob. Uh, morning, listeners. Thank we've, you very much for having me back, too. It's been too long. We've missed you and our listeners uh, have as well. Well, I've, I've missed you guys and obviously the listeners, and um, this is one of my favourite times during the week. Even though we do deal with some very, very serious issues, it is one of my favourite times because you have a lovely laugh. So thank you for having me back. We should consider uh, having another uh, segment maybe for love song dedications. Oh, no. Nice. So, something to, to change the atmosphere. Meanwhile, what do we have, Nasser? Let's break up the romance. But during the week, Yusuf, we had International Radio Day, and obviously because we're on this fabulous medium, uh, Care of 3CR, and we thank them once again for giving... We thank them once again for giving Palestine the opportunity to to go out uh, the voice. But International Radio Day, and we've got um, a rare recording of a Lebanese singer, Lour the Cash. Um, and interestingly, I only found out today, Yusuf, but Palestine's always been the cultural hub of the Arab world. Mm. And until the Nakba in 1948, all the famous Arab singers used to travel to Jerusalem yes. to record their songs. But we've got um, a rare recording here from, from the well, 30s. Uh, On the occasion of the International Radio Day, Palestinian radio program currently in West Bank, in Gaza, even proper Palestine, uh, celebrated this day by special broadcast by bringing old recordings from their archives. But we want to remember how it all started. Our Mm. first Palestinian radio broadcast was in Jerusalem in April 1936. And while it was under the British mandate, the Palestinians who took part in working uh, in the broadcast and in the technical part were the spearhead of resistance back then. So the British mandate wanted them to just be bureaucrats operating a radio station to maybe uh, just uh, bring to the Arab audience what the British mandate wanted them to bring. However, the staff had another idea. They wanted, As they would. As you would, yes, as they would. And they actually turned the Palestinian, or Huna al-Quds, it was called Huna al-Quds, here is Jerusalem, uh, the name of the station. They turned it into um, a patriotic patriotic duty 
and uh, they uh, conveyed the pulse of the Palestinian resistance against the British mandate plans and against the Zionist plans. Now, it is enough to mention that the first manager of the Arabian uh, or, or the Arabic uh, division of uh, that radio station was Ibrahim Tuqan. Now, uh, Nasser, uh, uh, Palestinians know very well this uh, person. He was a poet. Unfortunately, he died young in late 30s, but he was the one who wrote the lyrics of what later became not only the Palestinian anthem, mm-hmm. but also the Arab national anthem, Mautani. Now, uh, we'll come back to the details of this radio, but speaking of Mautani, Nasser... Yes, we had a, a fabulous action by Palestinians within 48 in the West Bank and, and Jerusalem who went to Safad, a town, a Palestinian town that was ethnically cleansed, completely Completely united. ethnically cleansed. That's the, the city of my mother. Yeah, they went back uh, only a week and a bit ago, uh, reclaiming their roots and uh, on the shores of uh, Safad, uh, they sung Mautani. Mm-hmm. So... Um, We've got a bit of that uh, to play now for Alice. So what we are going to listen to now is the voices of uh, Palestinians uh, singing uh, Mautani in the vibrant heart of Safad uh, last week, basically on the 9th of uh, February. Um, Robert? I was uh, going to say translated by Nasser. Yes, uh, Nasser will read the translation. Stay with us. My homeland, my homeland. Glory and beauty, sublimity and splendor are in your hills, are in your hills. Life and deliverance, pleasure and hope are in your air, are in your air. Will I see you, will I see you. Safely comforted and victoriously honoured. Safely comforted and victoriously honoured. Will I see you in your eminence, reaching to the stars, Reaching to the stars. My homeland, my homeland. So that was snippets uh, of the national anthem, the old national anthem of Palestine, Mautani, chanted by Palestinians in Safad last week, uh, which was written by Ibrahim Tuqan. And in fact, it was a reflection of the national spirit of the 1936 revolution against the British mandate or what we call the Grand Arab Revol- uh, uh, Revolution. Well, let's remember, this was a time uh, of failed promise, remembering mm. that the Arabs fought with the Allies against the Axis um, in, in pursuit in of World their liberation from the Ottoman Empire in the, at, at the end of World War One, and that the... the Energy and enthusiasm uh, and want for uh, independence had swept the Arab world. And uh, whilst the, the um, rest of the Arab world was in some parts moving towards independence, though still under protectorates, whether it was the French or British, Palestine was clearly not going to get it. No, because while uh, the promise of Britain was given to the Hashemites in what was called the uh, Makman uh, Hussein correspondences or letters, what the Hashemites did not know that the British had another uh, promise, 
what later became the Balfour Declaration. Mm-hmm. And the third one, a third one, in what later became the Sykes-Picot Agreement, and they were promising France parts of uh, what mm-hmm. we thought to be the the Syrian Syria, Arab uh, Levant, yeah. kingdom, Levant. North Levant. So when we found out, we realized the betrayal, the great betrayal of those who won World War One, and uh, we found we woke up to be under British mandate, and then the next thing we know was that the British mandate came with policies that were completely complicit with the leaders of the Zionist uh, movement and facilitated the migration of European Jews to Palestine and the establishment of what later uh, became the institutions of the State of Israel at the expense of the aspirations of Palestinians, whether Christians or Muslims, their aspirations of unity with Syria, for example, was aborted. So were their aspirations for independence. Their leaders, their popular struggle leaders were targeted. Their lands were confiscated. A long list of policies that targeted the Palestinians and paved the the, the road for the establishment of Israel. Uh, and of course, the Palestinians' resistance in several, resisted in several forms. Um, the most famous and important of which was popular struggle, civil disobedience, disobedience strikes, strikes and protests. Yeah. And uh, the the highest peak of that was in 1936, yeah. the Great Palestinian Revolution, the Arab Revolt, and the Arab Revolt, and the national anthem of the 36 Revolution was Mautini, the one that later became the national anthem of Palestine, and currently Iraq, not just Palestine. Oh. Iraq after Saddam. Uh, wanted to change the national anthem, and they saw in the lyrics of Mautini a uniting, uniting uh, meaning, and uh, they endorsed it. And it is still the current Iraqi national sure. anthem. So uh, Ibrahim Tuqan was the head of the Arabic division of Huna Al Quds radio station, and Ibrahim and the other uh, people, the other Palestinian, turned it into a, a, a patriotic, a national project for the Palestinians and Arab, not only the Palestinians, but also the Arabs. So it mm. became a hub for Arab singers to come to Jerusalem, to come to Al-Quds and record their musical tracks. Some, some, uh, some of them became very famous, like uh, back then they were still the, the new voices. Like, for example, uh, Farid Al-Atrash and Umm Kalthum even visited Huna Al-Quds Studios. Uh, so in the next recording, we will listen to the original rare, an original rare recording of uh, a famous Arab song, Aminti Billah, uh, by the Lebanese, the Lebanese singer Lour Dakash. Stay with us. Amen. <laughs> 
This was recorded in Jerusalem in 1940 by a Lebanese, Luba de Cash. Who, <laughs> Lure de Cash. Lure de Cash. Well done. And this tells you uh, that the Palestinian society before Nakba was a thriving society, was even ahead of other uh, uh, regional societies, uh, m- the, most of them. We don't want to say we are the spearhead. Uh, no, we can. We're Palestinian. B- 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 yeah, we You're can. allowed to say that. Yeah, no, we, we will we, say that. Yes. Uh, so we Lebanese can. would claim everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were the spearhead of um, the region, and we were uh, really ahead in union work and uh, particularly women movement uh, and uh, engineers association, for example, doctors association, uh, football clubs, uh, etc., and radio. And this is one example of the thriving society of Palestine. Contrary to the Zionist attacks to say that there was no culture or And that they turned the desert. Yeah, it's clear. Bloom. So after that, uh, unfortunately, Huna Al-Quds Station uh, came to an end in 1948 and they moved to Ramallah. And it became under the Jordanian government's uh, broadcasting services. Uh, didn't keep the name because they moved to Ramallah and became the the Palestinian or the Jordanian uh, national uh, broadcasting uh, service. Mm. But after '67, of course, with the occupation of uh, uh, with the occupation of uh, Ramallah and the West Bank, they um, left to Cairo with the Palestinian Revo- Revolution and from Cairo to Beirut, from mm. Beirut to Cyprus, from Cyprus to Tunisia, and after Oslo, they, they returned back in 1994. And nevertheless, in 2002, with the reinvasion, reoccupation of Ramallah, uh, Sharon decided to uh, destroy and demolish the Palestinian radio. So this is in... Uh, a, a nutshell, a bit of context of yeah, the Palestinian radio on the occasion of the International Radio uh, Day that was two days ago. And just on the International Radio Show Day, or Radio Day, we should actually say, that Yusuf, this is the 15th year for Hold Palestine on. Remembered. This is his crystal anniversary. Yes. Oh. Well, 15 years Does it have a, cri- a name? It's called a crystal anniversary. Really? Well, I wish our listeners could see Yusuf when you actually said that. Well, that was amazing. Present- I'm smiling because I didn't know 15 <laughs> has a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either did I actually, but NASA over here, yeah, Google. It's a, it's a, yeah, Are you Google. making it up? I know. Oh, good. If I made it up, it would have been something <laughs> like a wood anniversary. A wooden or uh, <laughs> plastic. No, no. It's, it is a crystal anniversary. And um, Which is we should, on behalf of our listeners and 3CR, thank you for your tireless efforts for. Uh, painstakingly curating a body of work uh, in Australia for Palestine yeah. that uh, stand, will stand the testament of time and uh, is a real uh, testament to your sacrifice, effort, passion uh, and, and work. Thank you so much, Yusuf. Thank you, Nasser, and thank yeah, you, no, Robert. Well I would like to say thank you to 3CR and the staff, the wonderful people of uh, 3CR who basically embraced the idea of having a Palestinian show in English language uh, mm. and I remember in the first year um, there was so many challenges on top of basically running a program on your own uh, particularly to a newly arriving migrant whose English is a second language so there was so many more technical issues and more language issues uh, but I've never felt uh, alone with the support I received from Juliet Fox who I want to say thank you on air 
uh, from 3CR and from, I don't want to mention name and not Just mention Juliet. others. <laughs> so Juliet will be the ambassador the of uh, 3CR staff. Yeah. But um, I want to say thank you to 3CR for insisting to um, have uh, a voice or a platform for Palestinians to have a voice in English language. In time, we're talking about 2004. We're talking about the so peak of the Second Intifada. Yeah. And we're talking about, uh, um, I mean, Nasser and, uh, can tell us more about newspaper and maybe uh, also you, uh, Robert, how Australian mainstream media were covering the news of Intifada, the Second Intifada. Yeah, no, no, it was. So initially it was a, um, it was sympathetic. The, the, the initial reports, because the vision was so, um, so terrible. Yeah, no, no, the, one-sided too. Was, no, the vision was one-sided and it showed the brutality of the occupation. No, absolutely. So you saw, you know, kids throwing stones getting shot. You saw a woman tending to her her um, son or, um, or, or brother, husband, mm, mm. Uh, who was injured, getting arrested. The brutality of the occupation that we knew from 1967 to, to 87 uh, was, was suddenly broadcast, whether it be 60 Minutes, Channel 9, and it was shown. Now, very quickly, the Hasbarists quickly turned it on its end. Hmm. You know, it became about terrorism. It became about... Self-defense. Yeah, self-defense, as opposed it's to... It's a hard pill to swallow when you can see the, the footage. Well... And that's, and that's against the stones, not to mention the second intifada. Correct. When there was more uh, militant... Um, if, if we can go back, I think that, that 19... The first intifada, through to um, first Gaza... Uh, uh, cast lead, people started to put their thinking caps on and saying, maybe everything I've been sold isn't quite right. Mm. The three, uh, 10 years of siege of Gaza, now almost 11 years, three Gaza operations, uh, uh, massacres, turkey shoots, if you will. Uh, March 30 last year, coming up on one year anniversary of the land day, Friday marches uh, for return. Increasingly, the cat is out of the bag. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Citizen journalism, Facebook, Instagram, social media, mobile phones have really, you know, put ensured that those that have a question or have some curiosity can actually get to the truth and get beyond what Channel hmm. Nine says, what Three AW says, what the Herald Sun says. So, Three hmm. um, CRs had a huge, you know, a huge part of it and was there from the start, so we can't thank them enough. And also I want to thank our uh, dear listeners who uh, supported the program uh, by, not just by listening, <coughs> but by donations. Uh, mm. I've never felt I had a problem in reaching my target in the Radiothon um, from year one, uh, who basically wanted this program to continue and were ready yeah. to financially support it and to continue listening and to spread the word and to promote it. So I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, I cannot even thank them enough for the support. And even for the, for the I remember the encouragement, which was much needed in the first year. Mm. I didn't know if I was on the right track or no. I didn't know with the hate mails that I, would, uh, I, I, would rece- I had received. But maybe, maybe, you know, I should have done something different or things like that but it was the good mail the support yeah. the encouragement that i received from uh, our listeners you, you also know though with the hate mail that you're doing something right 
Yes. Which, you know, get you out of bed in the morning and think, you know, we're still doing this. Yes, if, if, so. if uh, it, it, it's a good uh, reminder. So on the 15th uh, anniversary, it's not an anniversary now, but in, uh, in our 15th year, uh, I would like to thank the listeners and um, the staff and my lovely co-hosts now. Uh, luckily, I have not just co-hosts, I have the best in town and in Australia. Uh, Nasser and Robert, thank you for being part yeah, of the thank, show. Thank you, thank you for having us. Well done. So, uh, what else do we have for the show, well, Nasser? You, I, I'm going to um, teach our listeners, many of whom may have never heard of this word. I'd never heard of it. It's called generalization. And generalization is when a word becomes a verb. So, nobody says, I'm going to search something. They say they're going to Google it. Yes. So, that's where the, the entity becomes the... Um, or the, the business or the brand becomes mm, the verb. synonymous with the actual action and becomes a verb in itself. So mm. we Google, wow, we okay. don't search something. Yeah. Uh, initially, it was we Hoover, we don't vacuum. Yeah, yeah. That, that was. It's more an American. We Molinex, we don't make. Uh, anyway, that's a stupid example. Well, you know, I don't cook. Well, <laughs> yeah. so, this is for oh, fruit juice. So you know you uh. you know you're onto something if you can you know uh, generalize something. Now, for a long time, we have at. Uh, Palestine remembered talked about the what we uh, uh, the Zionism's uh, conundrum, and the word that is going to be used moving forward is the trilemma, not the dilemma, which is two, the trilemma, and we've talked about Israel's desire to be Jewish, democratic, and have all of the land. Mm. It can be Jewish and democratic, but it can't have all the land. It can be democratic and have all the land, but not be Jewish, or it can have all the land and be Jewish, but not be democratic. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. And we've talked about it and spoken about it, and it's, you know, Zionism's great trilemma, the trilemma. Now, you know the power of radio and the power of Palestine Remembered and the efficacy of the three of us when, when the establishment start talking about the trilemma. And when I say the establishment, the economist which is 176 years old, 180 year old magazine. And this magazine bills itself as, um, takes an editorial stance of classical and economic liberalism that supports free trade, globalism, free immigration, and cultural liberalism. The publication is described as having a product of a Caledonian liberalism of Adam Smith and David Hume. It targets highly educated, cultured readers and claims an audience containing many influential executives and policymakers. This is why we read this paper, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, has just over a million subscribers across the world. So you really are talking about the 0.001%. And, and soon it will be a million and two. Robert and I are <laughs> going to subscribe. It definitely seems our bite So, And in, in this magazine every week, which it comes out weekly, 51 editions a year, um, they talked about the, uh, the conundrum, yeah, the great dilemma. Arabs may soon outnumber Jews in Israel and the occupied territories. And they're based on their forecasts. We're currently around seven million each, and that by you know within between now and twenty twenty one, there'll be an absolute majority, where we say it is seven point two. You're talking million. about the historical Palestine. We're talking river West to the Bank, sea, river to the Gaza, sea, Gaza, Jerusalem, and Israel. where we want to be free. Mm. Um, that uh, there will be definitely by twenty twenty one an absolute majority. So the figures now are seven seven. Allegedly, okay. I you know I I think if you got somebody actually to count it, we'd be slightly okay. ahead now, but mm. without the level of conviction as um, mm. they see it. Anyway, the um, it's a very detailed graphic showing the settlements, shows the green line, 
Um, I'd like to be able to show it to our listeners, but unfortunately it's behind a paywall. But the most important thing, now remembering that this uh, um, magazine goes to a million people uh, a, a week. And decision makers. Decision makers. It targets highly educated, cultural, cultured readers and claims an audience containing many influential executives and policy makers. The last line says, the more permanent its occupation becomes, the more it risks sliding towards apartheid. Now, this mm. is a magazine that, you know, is... It's monumental, this. This is a huge shift, yeah. a huge shift. This is not the Herald Sun, you know, a rag that you wouldn't use to pick up your dog's feces. This is, you know, an establishment newspaper that, you know, has been read, is read by, you know, the the most, the people with the levers. Mm. I'm not going to say they're good people. I'm not going to say they're great people, but the people with their hands on the levers of power. And it's not easy. And when that magazine mentions the word apartheid. To get to an editorial stance where the mm. economist says sliding towards apartheid. We know it's been apartheid for years. Since the occupation. We know it's been mm. apartheid, where there's um, more than one type of people and more than two types of uh, rules in one bit of dirt. That's apartheid. That's apartheid. Um, but for a magazine, uh, an editorial, to take this level of position with this level of eminence, mm. Zionists, you must know the die has been cast. And also, uh, I want to remind our listeners of the uh, New York Times uh, uh, article uh, two weeks ago on Palestine. Uh, I think the title was We Want to Break or Time to Break the Silence over Palestine. Yep. So this and we shared that with our listeners on the podcast. And that's, that's New York Times. Yep. So there is a shift. We, we should just it's say on, on that that the New York Times uh, ran uh, the complete and opposite article course, this month. Of weekend. course, there will be another uh, the right, backlash. The right, the right of reply was immediately... Um, of course, given. Immediately given. So, um, so Robert, we, we should be able to put a photo of this up, I think, for the listeners. I think it's really important. I know that we can put a photo up for each week. We'll try and do that so the listeners can see it, because I think it's fantastic. Robert, we'll find I, a way. Robert, I want to ask you about this shift, because I witnessed the shift from Palestine being a very fringe, very uh, um, uh, alien topic to the Australian listeners. And now Palestine, you know, in four months in a row, Palestine made a front page uh, story to Australian yeah, media in October. It was the uh, embassy shift. In November, it was the ALP vote. And in December, it was the Sarafand massacre of the uh, of the Anzac. And in January, the um, the tragedy of uh, Masarwe. So now Palestine has become uh, more of a, a, a well-known topic to Australians. Tell me about that. Well, I, th- I think it is. Just I have a bit of a disappointment with the you know the young Israeli Arab that they call her who got murdered. Mm. The fact that she was a Palestinian didn't get in there enough, quite mm. enough in the papers, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they mentioned Israeli plenty of times, and as soon as it crossed over to the Palestinian father holding his flag, they sort of dodged around it. But I, I think um, it's becoming more palatable to talk about it. Mm. Uh, definitely, it seems to be getting in many more newspapers and articles, and people are happy to speak about it. Uh, and I think BDS is doing a fantastic job on having people start to talk about it. So, I mean, I'm only new to this industry, as we call it an industry, or the you know, the human rights part, but, you know, I listen to what NASA says, and you both say it does seem to be getting in many, many more places and a lot easier for people to discuss. Mm-hmm. Still a long way to go. <laughs> Still yeah, a long com- way to go. But compared to where we were, 
we yeah. have made uh, a few steps forward, a really, a really concrete steps forward. And hopefully that'll you know continue and snowball in the right direction where things can change rather rapidly. Nasser, uh, in one minute, do we have uh, any other uh, items? Um, well, we just... Have we only got one minute? One minute. But can you believe it? I don't believe it. But anyway, we'll, we'll actually... We'll, we'll, <laughs> we don't believe we'll, it. We'll give uh, our listeners a more detailed... Um, more detailed update on uh, on BDS, but also don't forget what we spoke about last week is anti-Palestinianism. We need to, we need to make sure that people mm. understand that denying Palestinians the right to self-determination, that denying uh, Israel's an apartheid state, denying that the refugees to return, denying the fact that 750,000 people were ethnically cleansed, this is anti-Palestinianism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we remember that we, we want to stop using... Their words and start using our words. Reclaim the power of our language. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for a fantastic episode. Thank you, Yusuf, and congratulations again on your crystal anniversary. Yeah, congratulations thank on that. To all of us, and uh, it's good to have you back, uh, Robert, and we'll be looking forward to another episode next Saturday with the three of us, 9.30 in the morning. Until then, Robert, Nasser, and Yusuf wishing you the best of time, and salam.